0: You're not alone, you're not alone. There's so many. Welcome to the Blind Stigma Podcast with, you know. with your hosts, Stacey Ann Buchanan and Dr. Natasha Williams. This podcast aims to provide a safe space that explores mental health within the Black community, breaks down the stigmas attached while taking back our narratives.
1: So welcome to the Blind Stigma Podcast. So today our guest is McKinney Smith. And what I thought was really interesting with her is her um, talking about her struggles with um, fibromyalgia, which is a, an, more of an autoimmune disease, which yes. talks about overall um, pain, body inflammation, that kind of thing. But what's fascinating with uh, with that um, disorder is the connection between body and Mind. mind. And a lot of people do not talk about that. So this is why a lot of times we can deal with physical health ailments. Um, You know, oh, I've got a pain, get an Advil, that kind of thing. But no one really understands how the mind plays a crucial factor in the health of our bodies.
2: Yeah. It's not something that we really, really discuss. No, it's, especially in our community, it's more like when it's physical yeah. that we we know that's pain. We know that's sickness. We have to see it to believe it. Thank
1: you, absolutely. Yes. And things that are unseen are not real. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited to speak with her because I think you know once we sort of hear her story, it'll be um, it'll be interesting to really understand how. Things like changing your mindset, changing the dialogue that you have going on in your mind. And with yourself. Right. Can change how your body functions, how you you show up day to day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, it's going to be exciting to sort of hear how she uses that change and shift in mindset uh, to really activate that mind-body connection and um, be able to facilitate her own healing.
2: Absolutely. McKenna Smith is a certified mindset coach and four times author and podcast coach. She is also an award-winning entrepreneur. She has successfully crafted a business in personal development as a mindset coach, helping women reach their goals. And she's a certified Proctor Gallagher consultant for her mentor, Bob Proctor. Her first book is titled A Walk in My Stilettos, How to Get Through the Struggle with Grace with a foreword written by Linda Proctor, wife of Bob Proctor. Her second book, A Walk in My Stilettos, 111 Affirmations to Help You Heal, was inspired by the encouragement of her readers. McKinney created her third book, A Walk in My Stilettos, The Gratitude Journal, to share her success tools with other women, which was followed by the couple's gratitude journal, inspired by her relationship with her partner. She is also the host of the Five Stars Rated, a Walk in My Stilettos podcast for women looking for the tools and motivations to conquer their fears, own their story, and uncover the potential hidden within. Her passion to improve the quality of people's lives includes making an impact in which she contributes her time spreading awareness of mindset, providing expertise on media platforms globally. She's been seen on Huffington Post, EXO, Nicole, BET, NBC, CBC, Vice News, and much more. McKinney does more than talk the talk. She walks the walk. And by being an example of leadership serving in the community, including her recent run for Member of Provincial Parliament in the 2018 Canadian election. We give you Ms. McKinney-Smith. So McKinney, we're going to go right into it. And we are going to ask you to tell us and the audience your story.
3: Years ago, after I had my second daughter, um, back in 2001, I started experiencing some things that I couldn't explain. And I was complaining to the doctor, and they did a lot of tests on me and couldn't actually figure out what was happening. I was in pain. You know, I was dealing with a lot of headaches and dizzy spells. And then in 2006, after I had my son, um, they sent me to a lot of specialists, and I also went to see a um, therapist, and they diagnosed me with anxiety and depression, and I was also diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which is um, a disorder with the soft muscle tissue, but it's very much triggered by stress, and a lot of the people who uh, suffer with fibromyalgia are very prone to having anxiety and depression for many reasons, um, and that was, I guess the beginnings of it all for me. Did you want me to go through the whole thing? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So after being diagnosed uh, with the anxiety and depression, I was married at the time when I was in an unhealthy relationship. I was uh, in a marriage where it was, I'm going to say, emotionally, um, mentally and emotionally abusive and I left when he put his hands on me and we realized that a lot of the stress that I was under at that time, a lot of the symptoms that I was feeling um, and the triggers for the fibromyalgia were because of the stress levels in my relationship. It was like my body was constantly in fight or flight mode so that started to affect how I was feeling Um, and a lot of the symptoms started to make sense and I did my best. I'm going to say to cope with it at the time. They wanted to put me on different medications uh, for the fibromyalgia. A lot of the medications for that are a mix of antidepressants and painkillers. So I went through a series of different medications, uh, probably everything you can think of over the years, and nothing seemed to work for me. Uh, I actually went a a period for about two years straight where I was basically in bed for six out of seven days as a week. A lot of people didn't know that I was suffering with anxiety because, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people who will try to push through things. So if I had a speaking engagement per se, I would tell myself, okay, you can still do this. You know, I'm not going to avoid trying to do it. I'm going to conquer those fears and get through it. And then I would book the speaking engagement and I would cancel last minute because my anxiety was so bad. Um, I would physically shut down. Wow. Um, And then I got to the point where I stopped taking on speaking engagements because like this is triggering my anxiety. And as I dug deeper and deeper into personal development and understanding that the body is an instrument of the mind and how um, I could change My life by changing my mindset and how I looked at things and how I viewed things and how I coped, it definitely made a huge difference in my life. Um, How I viewed my situation, how I viewed stress, um, the situations that I um, put myself into or chose not to put myself into, I found that my anxiety levels started to level out. I started to eat um, foods and take natural supplements that I guess was giving my body what it needed. So that I wasn't so easily triggered. And I found that overall health wise, from a holistic standpoint of, you know, how I view things, what I was putting into my body, all those things were actually helping me uh, cope at a different level where I didn't need medication. And I guess that's just for me, everyone's, you know, is different. Um and then I found recently this year actually, I um went through a breakup and I started having severe panic attacks. I was having anxiety attacks almost every single day for weeks and it wasn't until maybe I'm going to say two months in because I started locking myself in my room I was avoiding doing things you know the muscle pains came back and I thought it was the fibromyalgia symptoms trying to come back again and realized my anxiety was so intense and I couldn't I wasn't handling the stress very well and I found that once I understood what was causing the anxiety, um, and the things that I could do? I forced myself out of the house. I would, you know, start working at coffee shops, and found that my levels actually um, came down. It's, I started having these conversations with myself, where it was asking myself, "What am I really anxious about?" You know, the catastrophe that was in my head that I was playing out in my head, causing the snowball effect and the spiraling. Um, How much of that was actually real and how much of the things that I actually worry about actually happen. And I was able to talk myself um, out of those spirals, talk myself out of locking myself in the room, talk myself into getting back to doing the things that I enjoy doing. And the anxiety has, I'm going to say in the last few months, um, totally calmed itself down compared to um, where I was in that that season.
1: This is amazing to hear, Mckini, because I think a lot of times people, first of all, don't understand the connection between mind body. So you being able to identify that connection, I think is absolutely amazing. And the second thing is, is that Sort of, um, as a as a psychologist, we um, and myself in particular, I use um, a lot of what we call CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy strategies to talk mm-hmm. about um, to talk about um, how to cognitively restructure some of the the negative thought processes uh, that sort of fuel the the anxiety and depression. And it really sounds like that you have been able to, um, you know. Understand that, and and sort of understand how that those connections in terms of the negative thoughts create that spiral downward. Was this something that you had um, figured out on your own, or did um, did was there a, like a books you read or professional help that you received to sort of uh, understand these connections?
3: So it was. Uh, I'm going to say a combination, but what started it was um, after a after a breakup. I had about three years ago where, you know, for six months after that, I was kind of in a, I'm going to say a deep depression and couldn't figure out how to get out of it. And I was contacted by uh, a rep that works for my mentor and he's in the personal development world. And I was on the phone with that rep and they were trying to encourage me to become a certified coach. And I was thinking, I'm dealing with severe depression anxiety right now. I'm not in any headspace to coach anybody And I kept telling him about all the negative things that were happening in my life. I was telling him about the fibromyalgia flare-ups. I was complaining about my financial situation. I was complaining about the breakup. I was complaining about issues with my kids. And, you know, it was a lot. And he said to me, he said, you know, I really think that you need to understand that the body is an instrument of the mind. And I used to get really frustrated when people would tell me that it's all in my head. Um, you know, I want to tell them every bad word in the book because it's like, no, it's real. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> because it, it was my reality and I just felt like very misunderstood and frustrated. And I'm a big believer in affirmations and practicing gratitude, but he recommended that I actually practice affirmations for healing my body. And instead of saying, you know, um, I'm sick or uh, I'm in pain to use positive affirmation. And at first I was very skeptical, uh, but I knew that affirmations had worked for me in other areas of my life. And I thought, okay, this guy doesn't understand. I actually have like a medical condition (laughs) and I started to do it. And then as I was doing my training for, um, to become a certified mindset coach, a lot of how our brains work, I started to understand, um, understanding, even when we talk about, um, how your your thoughts and how that affects your vibration. And when you're actually fighting and you're not in harmony with the, the changes that are happening because you're fighting it, I'm going to say spiritually, how that affects your body physically. And when we suppress all of these um, emotions, what it does to our body physically and how that causes anxiety. So me understanding it helped me to, um, I guess, coach myself through it. Wow!
1: Amazing. Amazing. So, I mean, I think you've you've addressed, you know, you've talked about how you've addressed the issue, because I mean, again, um, being able to have that kind of knowledge to be able to um, not only see the connection, but understand how that, you know, how that um, connection will allow you to heal, I think is an amazing thing. What I would love to ask you is, is that where are you now? Where are you now in your journey? um, In terms of your healing, where would you say you are? Um,
3: I definitely believe it's an ongoing thing. Um, I believe that I do have seasons where my anxiety and sometimes depression can be um, heightened and triggered when I'm dealing with extremely stressful life events, um, you know, especially when it comes to breakups or, um, as an entrepreneur, you know, when your business has its ups and downs. And a few months ago, I feel like I had one of those seasons where I started to spiral when I had to check myself, um, and go through the process. And, um, I'm going to say become <laughs> my own uh, coach in that moment, but I feel like right now I'm in a much better place. Um, But I'm in a position now where on top of the women that I'm coaching, I also have two of my three children that have severe anxiety. So it's now dealing with coaching them through those processes and getting them to see how I was able to do that for myself, which can be a challenge when you're dealing with smaller children.
2: Was that easy for you, McKinney, to to be able to relate to your children with anxiety because you yourself have gone through it and is uh, still dealing with it from time to time?
3: I feel like it's become how do I say this? It's become almost the norm in my house, and I'm not even sure if that's a, a good thing. But you know, <clears throat> their their father or other family members don't quite understand their anxiety or don't understand why they, you know will avoid doing certain things or why you know they're so bothered to even if I say go ask the cashier for something or cash out something on your own you know they feel like I'm I guess babying them because I understand how they're feeling um, so I find it may be easy for me to understand them but it's more frustrating when family members <laughs> don't understand or allow me to I'm gonna say parent them um, from the more uh, compassionate um, empathetic side, because I I understand what they're going through and I know in their head what is happening. So I find, especially with um, my middle daughter who is dealing with it, I'm much more patient and able to talk her down from her spirals so if she is freaking out about something and you know she's dealing with you know where she is getting the sweats and her head is itching and she's you know, her heart rate's increasing and she starts crying and all that. It's talking her down from whatever that the snowball effect has been and talking her out of what that huge catastrophe is and back to reality on what is the current
1: circumstance right in this moment. Um, so I find that my patience with her has grown. And I, th- I think th- what you speak of, and please correct me if I'm wrong, um, you know, what you've spoken about so eloquently is sort of the 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 root cause of the root reason that we do this podcast. It's the stigma of, of sort of mental illness and particularly in our community and mm-hmm. how that impacts, you know, how we treat one another, how we see one another. Um, and you know, you know what you've just mentioned is is that you know sort of family members just not understanding, um, you know, not really, not really, yeah, not really understanding sort of you know mental health, mental illness, mm-hmm. and, and how that impacts day to day life, um, and you know the struggles of finding support in that.
3: Yes, um, I feel like even uh, my daughters and I actually had this conversation today where we were talking about. Um, the stigma with black parents dealing with mental health. And when your child says they're dealing with depression or when your child says they're dealing with anxiety, you know, they have friends and the way that their parents react to it is very harsh. Um, Yes. And they expressed today that they don't know if they would have been able to deal with having both parents living under the same household because we both deal with, um, you know, the mental health issues very differently. And if we lived under the same roof, they feel they wouldn't be able to cope or they wouldn't be able to deal and they would avoid being home or they would not be as open about things. Um, So they definitely, I mean, and my, my kids are mixed. So although I'm the black parent to the person of color, having more understanding than what they're used to or what they hear of, or even from, like I said, the other family members, being able to understand.
2: That's usually it's usually the other way around.
1: You would you, you would, would
2: think. think you would think <laughs> yeah. it's the other way around. Like you, you
1: you would think yeah. you would think like oh okay you know it's going to be the you know the black side of the family. Exactly, or, it's you not going
2: to understand. It's We're not, not going to talk it, about exactly. this. it's going to be swept under the rug, and it's the big elephant in the room that is never addressed. You know, or just you have a roof over your head. What are you complaining about? What do you it's, have problems about food on your table? So
1: exactly, and a lot of times yeah. we talk about yes, there is a stigma of. You know, mental health, mental illness period. I mean, hence, you know the the what the ten years and more of of things like bell, let's talk and that and that type of thing. But we always we what we've always addressed or talked or spoken about was, you know, how the stigma of mental health and mental illness, runs deep and is even deeper within the black community and, and how Mm -hmm. that it makes it so difficult. So it's fascinating that you, that you mentioned that, um, you know, it's, it's the, uh, the other family members that are, that are, you know, really making it difficult and may, and maybe are not as supportive.
3: Yeah. I mean, and I'm going to say, it has not always been that way because, I think there was a point where I went a long period of time without dealing with my anxiety and depression. I felt like I was on cloud nine all the time, so I wasn't as, I'm going to say, compassionate. Um, so there were times where I did get frustrated, and it was like, okay, well, I don't want to deal with this right now. And then when I had, I'm going to say, my more recent um, experiences with it and learning, again, how to cope with it, I became more compassionate about it. So when other people get frustrated with them, it's like, no, 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 no. You know, so I will take them aside and try and do the, the talk down and help them to understand, you know, their thoughts and their feelings and their emotions and what's triggering it. Um so yeah, it hasn't always been that way.
2: <laughs> Keeney, I'm gonna I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna segue the question a little bit and I'm and I'm gonna try to understand and and most importantly for our viewers to understand, you're you're a woman that's in the public eye and yep. as a speaker and, you know, from your social media and everything, you're out there in the public eye. How do you deal with anxiety, especially, yeah. <laughs> okay, when you, when you have to, you have to speak, you, you, mm-hmm. you make posts based off your work, because mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's a part of your work. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I know you personally, right? So it's, yep. it's, it's not just about knowing you personally, but I, I want to try to understand that because I myself have anxiety and mm-hmm. I, I'm. 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 Ask you. I mean, how do you? How do you deal with that?
3: How do you manage that? Um, I think the first thing for me was when I realized it was taking over my life. When I started canceling things last minute because of the severe anxiety, you know, I, to the point where I would give myself such a headache, and I would have these. It was like fog, where I was like, I, I can't even drive to the destination if I wanted to, and. It got to the point where I said enough is enough. I'm going to stop avoiding. And I'm going to say till this day, I will still say yes to all the opportunities that align with me. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I don't show up to a hundred percent of them. I'll be honest. If I get to a point where I feel like, and I, and I don't want to be that person that ever cancels last minute. Um, like I used to, but if I feel like this is going to cause me way too much anxiety, um, this is, this is, this is not going to be a benefit to me or them because I'm not going to be able to show up as my best self. Then I will do my best to cancel ahead of time, whatever I need to tell them. Um, And without lying, it's, you know, I'm not able to make it. And there are many times where I do have to force myself and push myself to do what it is that needs to be done because I don't want to continue to avoid and have it get worse. I think because I know that, you know, I have three children and I'm an entrepreneur and I'm responsible for them and they're my dependents. For me, in my head, it's like, it's not just about me. Because if it was, I probably would have given up a long time ago. Yes. So when I have to do things and I feel like it's not just about me, like there have been many times, even when I was going through uh, the breakup a few months ago, where I thought, you know what, I want to quit posting on social media, I want to no longer take on mindset coaching clients, I'm going to stick to something else. I had to remember that it is not just about me. So I'm, I limited the amount of mindset clients that I took on, but I was honest with them about what I was going through so that they understand that I'm also coaching them from a place of experience. So if they are talking about their issues, I get you. Right. <laughs> I'm yes. we're, we're going to get through this together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes.
1: mm-hmm. And even yeah. then, if you think about it from that perspective, it ends up being a, a more powerful um, place to be in terms of, you know, shifting a client in, in, in terms of mindset versus just saying, well, listen, I, I was taught this. This is what you need to do. It's like, right. no, it's, it's more than that. It's I'm, I'm teaching you from a place of personal experience. So if I, you know, I've gone through this as well, I'm not teaching you something that I wouldn't do myself.
3: Absolutely. And I find that our sessions are way more impactful because there's a mix of tears. There's a mix of laughter. Um, You know, sometimes they, they start the conversation complaining, thinking that their life is so horrible and they can't do this and they can't do that. And they're saying, oh, well, you know, you're always smiling on social media and you're still doing this and you're still doing that. I'm like, listen, sweetheart, I just went through this. This is what I have to do every day. This is how I function, and this is how I'm able to show up for you. So it's not, you know, as pretty as the highlight reel that you want to paint your own picture of based on the one
1: snapshot that you saw on social media. Here is my real life. I'm giving it to you raw.
3: <laughs> yes. Right.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So you know, we have one. We have another question for you, uh, Makini. Mm-hmm. We wanted to ask you. Um, You know, with everything that you have gone through and that you continue to go through, and obviously it's it is it is definitely a journey. How would you say that we in the community can change the stigma of mental illness, mental health and mental illness? Stop being so judgmental. <laughs> hey, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you. Absolutely, thank you so much. That is so
0: real and raw. What? It's true, but it's, yeah. Truth. Yeah, it's, it's truth. It's truth. We it's we are simple. so
1: we are so
3: judgmental. So judgmental. Oh, we are extremely judgmental. And, and if there's anything that I've learned, and I maybe because I'm so transparent, where people feel that they can be transparent with me, but I have men and women in my DMs. I have men and women in my emails that are telling me their life story that, you know, I'm like, I don't even know you, but okay. (laughs) They're telling me things they can't even share with their own family. And many of them are dealing with depression and anxiety. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. So there's so many people. And I guess that's why I'm able to be, you know, gentle with certain people because you have no idea what somebody's going through. Thank you. You have no idea. Everybody's dealing with something on a different level. It may not, you know, may not always be mental health or the level of mental health that, you know, is considered to someone a big deal, like dealing with, you know, schizophrenia or something like that. But everyone is dealing with something. So being judgmental about their situation, you don't know what that person's past has been like. You don't know the trauma that they've been through. You don't know what their present is like. You don't know what they're dealing with behind closed doors. So this, I don't know. I think that the judgment is the biggest thing that, that I would say. And I found the more people that are transparent about their stories helps other people. Because when I got to that point where I said, you know what, I'm going to force myself out of my room to help me actually process, I went on my Instagram stories and I just did a story how I've been having anxiety attacks and I wasn't able to leave my house. I wasn't able to leave my room and look at me. I am sitting in front of the coffee shop. I forced myself out and I got a flood of DMs from women saying, oh my God, thank you. I thought I was going crazy. I thought it was just me. So I started doing more stories. And then I had women questioning me, saying, hey, how do I know if I have anxiety? Hey, what does this feel like? What does that feel like? Oh, my God, I think I need to go to the doctor. I think I have anxiety. It's not that I was trying to trigger them, but making them aware of of what's going on.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. I I really appreciate you sharing that. Makini. if you could sum up your journey with mental illness and mental health overall, what is one word that you can use to summarize your entire journey and your journey going forward and the now?
3: <laughs> um, one word to sum up my journey with mental health? Mm-hmm. Ongoing. Mm, uh, oh, hey, okay. Hey, okay. Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love
1: that. Can I elaborate on that? Please. <laughs> Please.
3: <laughs> I'm going to say ongoing because I feel like a lot of people who either are uneducated about mental health or that are around people and they make these assumptions that, okay, well, you had depression, so you should be fine now, or you had anxiety, Mm. you should be fine now. People go through seasons, people go through ups and downs. And there are people who are in my circle, including myself that are functioning with these things, high functioning with Mm -hmm. these things. Um, so it's an ongoing thing. It's not something that you just snap your fingers and you're like, okay, I'm okay. You know, I'm, I'm good now. Um, some people have triggers, like I, I am one of them where I can be good for a long period of time and I cope very well. And then all of a sudden something, some major life stress event will happen and I'm completely triggered and throws me off for six months to a year. Wow.
2: I, I'm, I'm lost for words. No, like I'm
1: looking no, at you no, and, I'm no, like, at and I'm just like, I'm, I'm loving it because I'm loving what I'm, what I'm loving is, is that I, I'm loving hearing the word ongoing because it's not about what you had. It's what, what, it's what you are, what you have, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. how you are continually dealing, coping and, understanding that this is not something that is i I, i've used the word before but linear it's not that Mm -hmm. you know you you just deal with it and let's go Mm -hmm. there's a back and forth journey there there might be times where you regress you know there's so it's an up and down journey you know versus something Mm -hmm. that's just linear so i i love that term um ongoing ongoing. Yes. yes yes A yes. powerful word yes never knew a powerful <laughs> word until you said it well that's the other thing it's like <laughs> it seems like such a simple word yeah. but i mean in the context you're yes. like ah oh, absolutely absolutely mikini mm-hmm. mm-hmm. thank you so much um you're welcome for for sharing your story for being on the blind stigma podcast we thoroughly thoroughly appreciate you and what you're doing And what you're continuing to do, because I know that you are, you know, basically you're doing a lot of healing in our community. So I I want to say personally, thank you so much for that. Thank
3: you. Thank you. And thank you to you both, you, Stacey Ann and Natasha, for having me on and allowing me to share my story.
2: Absolutely. McKinney, before you go, where can our audience, the new ones that don't know about you, uh, but they will know about you, where can they find you? (laughs) Yes.
3: Um, you can find me online everywhere. Google McKinney Smith on Instagram. I am at the real McKinney Smith on Twitter. I am at McKinney Smith on Facebook. I'm McKinney Smith. I am McKinney Smith across the board on all platforms. Hey!
1: <laughs> amazing, amazing. <laughs> McKinney, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Please continue to do what you're doing, and we wish you nothing but continued success.
2: Thank you. Likewise, ladies. (laughs) Beautifully said. Of You are the epitome of that Jamaican term, Likaba Talawa.
1: Take that.
2: That is Bikini Smith. So we appreciate you being on the show and we appreciate that you are one of the people that are changing the stigma.
0: You've reached the end of another episode of the Blind Stigma Podcast with your hosts, Stacey Ann Buchanan and Dr. Natasha Williams. Thank you for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener and you like the show, then please subscribe, rate, and review us on all the major podcast platforms. Don't forget to connect with us on social media at The Blind Stigma and join the conversation. Find out more about each guest and help us to change the stigma while taking back our narratives. This podcast is produced by What's Up Toronto and Stacey Ann Buchanan Productions.